good position. Affirmative. Negative. I am the milkman. My milk is delicious. Roger that. Okay, let's go. Welcome to the Best Linux Games Podcast. Go, go, go! The best Linux games, the best games available for the uh, GNU slash Linux operating system via the mechanism and distribution network known as Steam, brought to you by Valve. After 700,000 years, the Steam has come to Linux, and beyond that, it has come to Linux in the form of the egalitarian Linux-like platform, Steam, an open marketplace in which... That's right, ladies and gentlemen, it's Saturday, and that means it's time for one thing. It's time for the podcast where the quality goes in before the name goes on. You're listening to the Best Linux Games Podcast, a companion piece to the uh, Steam group of the same name. Find us on Steam, you know, uh, join us on Steam, and friend me on Steam. My name is Scooky Sprite. I am your host. In case this is your first time here, uh, the ground rules for everything that we do are very simple. We have news, we have the latest titles that we are interested in, of course, features, you know, like kind of in-depth looks or reviews, and then we have, of course, everyone's favorite, the deals! Uh, the best games that you can buy for as cheap as possible. If you join us on the group, our recommendations are curated with the sole criteria of... It must run on Linux, and it must be really good. These are recommendations only, of course. Uh, not complete reviews, which generally will follow, um, especially once they get some other mofos on this show. And as always, the content that awaits you ahead may not be appropriate for members of all species, races, genders, classes, creeds, and especially might not be age or work appropriate. So, it begins. Let's get the Linux gaming on, bitches! Hello, friends and neighbors. Welcome to episode number 206 of the Best Linux Games Podcast. Being recorded for you on literally a glorious, I mean, it is beautiful outside, Friday, the 5th of October, 2018, at 10.58 a.m. Pacific Coast Time, PST, left coast, coast the most, motherfuckers. Crack engineer Iwar Molina is over there in the booth holding up the whiskey sign. That is a good idea, considering that we are... Far too sober to even begin contemplating the undertaking of this uh, endeavor, and uh, we are exhausted. That would be the royal we. Ivor, you're fired. You should have slept more. Ah, double, double for me. But yes, the whiskey sign. Yes, tip, 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 uh, we got a lot of stuff for you this week. It's an exciting episode, actually. Ah, mm, mm. Uh, and of course, oh damn, that was good whiskey. And of course, that would make it for our sequel friends, the one true, the faithful. Ah, uh, that would make it a 2018 10.05, 10.59 a.m. Pacific Coast time. 
Um, so let's get straight to our top stories. Uh, hopefully I'll be done in just under an hour. I got a great review for you this week. Um, but anyway, our top stories. Again, many thanks. Many tanked yous to uh, Mr. Snail Squatch for hitting me with a fantastic tip. Later this month on Steam, Soul Calibur 6 is scheduled to be released. Uh, it's... Oh, shit, what's going on here? Aha! Yeah. What the hell? Yeah, Soul Calibur 6. It's going to retail at $59.99. And that would be ostensibly right now, October 18th, 2018. Um... I words fail me at how excited I am at the prospect of being able to play uh one of my favorite fighting franchises, second only to Tekken. Again, I shall become That's right, everyone's favorite bondage, domination, fucking insane, crazy person locked in the floating abyss of a sunken library, uh, even as his master has abandoned him, uh, but still loyal, still loyal, hunting through the stacks, keeping out the intro. That would be Voldo. Yes, so that is ostensibly uh, coming out on the 18th of this month. I am fucking pumped. And, you know, of course, all of our favorites, Mitsurugi, um... Killick, uh, Shenhua. Shenhua is actually probably my favorite. There's never been another character in any other fighting game that has been rigged and animated with just such uh, complete and total obsessive devotion to perfection as Shenhua. Like, oh man, I can... I, I don't even need to close my fucking eyes. I haven't played this. I haven't played Soul Calibur in since the last house I lived in, and that was two years before I moved out of that house and then sold it. Seven years, I'm gonna say, maybe more, probably more like ten. Soul Calibur Six. I don't know about. I have no idea if it's going to actually run on Linux, but as I've been doing uh, all throughout uh, these this week in particular, but uh, I'm sorry, not this week in particular, but last week, way more. This week I did it a couple times. Uh, My process has been to just fucking buy, if I can afford it, to buy whatever games that, you know, come to my mind that might now actually work via Proton. And then if they don't work, I just fucking return them. Because I don't like games that are, you know, have a native Linux port, which, I mean, like, the game has to be literally non-functional with a native Linux port for me to return it. I mean, it has to be really, not just, like, mildly broken, but, like, oh, yeah, crunch bang, this is fucked broken. Like, you know, I... For me to return it. Because, like, I mean, I want to support people who develop for Linux. This has been true for the entirety of this podcast run. But 
unlike those games, games that have a native port that the developers sunk time into specifically for the GNU slash Linux operating system, which you and I and all of us know love so well, um, I have no such allegiance or compunction at returning anything that is basically a Windows game that's just running under via that's just running under Linux via Proton. I don't give a fuck. In fact, I almost kind of enjoy it. Um, I've re- I, literally I've done it like at least in the last fourteen days, at least once every other day. At least I'm gonna say closer than it closer to twelve than it is to eight. Um. And yeah, there's never been a problem with it, which is so great. I mean, having that ability just is such a transformative, changes the whole, it switches the flip uh, on the entire traditional game industry model, which is so great. I mean, I was talking to, it was either Beardy J or Boldy Lockers. Um, This was, oh God. Late last weekend. Um, And we were just reminiscing about how crazy it is like if if you went if if you went and if you got in a time machine and went back to uh me uh circa nineteen ninety eight and told me yeah you know in the future not only are you gonna be are you going to be able to return that video game see because back in the day like nineteen ninety eight when I was eighteen um the major retailers for games just went insane. Like, even if a game... Like, okay, so you you pop the shrink wrap on a brand new game, and if you didn't do it in the store in front of them, and the disc had a scratch on it, I mean, like, a bad scratch, like, you know, like, made the game unplayable, game retailers at that point had gotten so pissed off and so fucking, uh, what do you call it? Um, Not pedantic, but just, um, they didn't understand that, like, piracy, that aspect of piracy, like, retail piracy was not something that they could solve in the store. But anyway, no, they wouldn't accept it. So, like, if you told me, like, 20 years ago, Jesus Christ, I'm getting old, 38, um, if you told me 20 years ago, yeah, you know, uh, 20 years from now, you'll be able to literally return it instantly, even if you just don't like the game. And you won't have to go to a store or anything. Be like, no fucking way. The game industry is never going to accept that. But anyway, so that, that you know, that's one of the coolest, coolest fucking things about Steam, especially with Steam under Proton. Yes, the games are more expensive. And yeah, there is no guarantee that while Proton is in beta, that any given title, unless, you know, someone has told you specifically that it will run or that you looked at one of the websites, which all of which, well, the best one we linked, I've been linking to for the last month in uh, the uh, show blurb for each episode, including this one. So check that out. Um, that means that, like, you can just buy, yeah, they're expensive, but you can buy games, try them out on Proton, see if they run. If they do run, then great. Then you can see if you like them they, if you like them, then even better. I mean, it's not like it's like Steam understood four years ago that like, oh, okay, yeah, well, you know, I mean, because they started out as a fucking copyright protection 
that's what Steam was for. It was for it was for uh, original Counter Strike. Um, and that was because land cafes were just ripping them off. Um, they would buy either one copy or just crack one copy, and then you know instead of running thirty machines with thirty workstations with thirty licenses, you know block because and you need to buy the Half Life. You need to buy Half Life to run Counter Strike back. Then. Anyway, it doesn't matter. But anyway, so once they realized, oh yeah, we have like the world's greatest, it was the best and most effective, and it still kind of is among at least, you know, I, I, I got out of pirate. I've been out of piracy for over 20 fucking l- way more than 20, 20 years. Um, but uh, they realized, oh, we have this technology. Well, fuck it. We'll make it so, you know, if you want to sell games on our platform, on our marketplace, and fine, developer. And this goes the same for AAA to Absolute Indie. You know, from one man shop to one thousand uh, person shop. I'm sorry, not one man, one man or woman shop. You know, whatever. Um, hey, you want to sell games to you know? At that time, I guess maybe a million, million and a half people who are devoted gamers who want to buy games from you on our awesome platform that lets them download and pay for the game without having to set up a separate uh, payment portal and stuff. And we also manage the copyright protection. Well, if you want to sell games to that one point, you want to get access to that 1.2 million people that they had back then. Now it's you know well above 4 million. Um, guess what? You're going to have to accept returns. Which is fucking rad. When they rolled that out right after they adopted uh, Linux, I mean, wow. So yeah, I'm, I'm, it's totally acceptable to return a game simply just because you don't like it, even. Which is cool. Um, I generally still tend to hang on to most games, even the ones that don't necessarily work as well as I would like, like uh, Shadow of the Tomb Raider, etc., etc., etc. Just because I'm... Even if they're not as performant as I would like right now, um... It's nice to have them in the library so that I don't have to remember and keep constantly checking and being obsessed. Because there's nothing like news that happens that you don't see. So yeah, like, you know, any day now, I'm sure, or, you know, maybe any day, any month, any week, any year, any time now, uh, Shadow of the Tomb Raider will be totally proton compliant or whatever. I don't want to have to buy it again and remember that and, like, fucking see an update on that. You know, blah, blah, blah. So I keep, I tend to keep them. But anyway, let's get on with the show. This week, uh, our feature this week is a review. We're reviewing the 2016 reboot of Doom. And it is a comprehensive review. Um, but before we get to that, I were based them with the new and noteworthy. We have two titles for you. I was a North American fall when were in my former life. Here are the newest and most noteworthy titles from this week. Alright, I missed the new and noteworthy sad thing. Ah, so first off, in our new and noteworthy is a game that, um, one of my favorite first person shooters of all time, and one of the, I mean, really, I'm not gonna, this is gonna be spoiler free, but one of my favorite games from the last, uh, 12 years, I can't remember when it fucking came out, um, and possibly, I'm trying not to ruin anything, 
but uh, one of the most impressive set pieces uh, with realistic depictions of um, pseudo-story-driven, hyper-realistic catastrophic damage in a uh, real... modern American city. It's amazing. I am, of course, speaking of Crisis 2. That's C-R-Y-S-I-S 2. One funny thing about Crisis 2. By the way, it runs great on Linux. Um, Crisis Crisis 2, I played on the Xbox 360, I want to say. I beat it six times, and I played a lot of multiplayer with it, uh, too. I loved Crisis 2. I never played Crisis 1. I don't recommend that you play Crisis 1. In fact, you don't have the option if you're on Linux because you only have Crisis 2. In fact, you only have Crisis 2. Hang on. Crisis 2 Maximum Edition, which is $29.99. But anyway, so back in the day, I'd be rocking out on the Crisis 2 and stuff, and I beat it uh, like the second time. Uh, housemate came home one night, you know, 3 in the morning or whatever, after got off work. And uh, I'd just be in it, and I asked him, did you ever play Crisis 1? Because he had seen me playing Crisis 2 occasionally um, on his egress and ingress and egress, I can't remember, on his way to work and on his way back home and stuff. Um, And he was impressed with Crisis 2. I was fucking blown away with Crisis 2. I never played Crisis 1. He had played Crisis 1, and he filled me in on some of the backstory. You don't need to know anything about Crisis 1 in order to absolutely enjoy the masterwork of untold destruction that is Crisis 2. So what makes Crisis 2, I mean, you know, there will be, well, as soon as they beat it again on Linux, um, I only have like, what, like a couple of hours logged in this. Let's see. Two hours, exactly, on the nose. But I only installed it like two nights ago, so. Not only is the game as good as I remember it being, um, it's actually better than I remember it being, which is saying a lot, because blah. But so here's the one thing you need to know about Crisis 2 that makes this such a fucking worth. Even though it's an older game, it came out uh, March... Oh, no, could have been 2011. Oh, yeah, no, that was seven years ago. So, yeah. So, yeah, that makes sense. Mm. The thing about Crisis and why you need to play Crisis 2 is that there has never been another game that is a modern first-person shooter with a focus, central focus on realism in a tactical and strategic and action setting, you know, with, with, with like, you know, those three keywords attached to the project in which, from the very beginning of the game, are you endowed with... You know, yeah, are you endowed with such tremendous and insane off-the-charts capabilities in terms of, like, damage, defense, blah, and no other game really lets you go off the chain. Like, really, I mean, every every time you play the game, it's going to be absolutely, it's not going to be absolutely, absolutely different, but, I mean, it does rely on scripted sequences 
um, for most of the action. But after the scripted sequence, generally speaking, and sometimes there aren't, uh, generally speaking, it's up to you how you want to just deal with it. Um, yeah, I'm not going to tell you anything else, but uh, yeah. Like, I mean, you can jump, you know, 10 stories, you can become invisible. You can break someone's neck as fast as I ash a cigarette. It's amazing. And your skills with weapons, fantastic. Your uh, intelligence and insight in terms of like uh, being able to reconnoiter your environs, um, fantastic. The opposition, merciless. Um, the upgrade trees and, you know, blah. Robust and um, very rewarding. Um, and the the actual story of the game in terms of what happens to this town by the time you're halfway through the game there will be a moment where you will think of my the sound of my voice talking to you right now there will be a moment about halfway through the game where you'll be like oh my god I cannot believe they did this and I can't believe they did it seven years ago so Crisis 2 Maximum Edition is a $29.99. Um, and it runs great on Steam via Proton. So check that one out if, you know, blah. And like I said, I'll be talking more about it in later weeks to come. Uh, and then our other new and noteworthy, and of course, neither one of these games are new, but they are noteworthy. So I'm filing them under new and noteworthy. Is a game that I had performance problems with, which is called Quantum Break which definitely came out about two years ago. Quantum Break. Um, it's not... It, 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 has some perf- it has some profound performance issues that I'm going to wait until it, it gets more sorted out, um, at least on my system. I don't know. You might, your, your mileage may vary, which is why I'm including it uh, in the new and noteworthies here. Uh, Captain Ford, friend of the show, um, he didn't play it on Linux, but because uh, he's a Windows only guy. But um, he was playing it about oh, three or four nights ago, so I had to buy it. You know, blocks. It looked pretty rad. Here's what they say about Quantum Break from Remedy Entertainment, the masters of cinematic action games, comes Quantum Break, a time amplified suspenseful blockbuster. The Quantum Break experience is only part game. Rest of it is part live action show where decisions in one dramatically affect the other. Okay. That dude, that sentence was horrible copywriting. Let me read it to you. I'll explain the punctuation. Period. The quantum break experience is part game, comma, part live action show, hyphen, where decisions in one dramatically affect the other, period. Yeah sentence is a mess. But anyway, um, if you've had a hard on, it does run. Um, it's just, it's, it, it has, uh, it, 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 it's just, it doesn't run very smoothly. Um, lots of drop frames, like five seconds, you know, of, is it frozen? No, it's not. That happens like every 30 seconds. Um, Quantum Break is $39.99. It's a third-person uh, hybrid action game. Came out uh, September 29, 2016. Keep your eye out for it. 
Um, that's all I'm saying. Like I, I, you know, I literally would not play it right now. Um, I can't remember if I returned this. Did I? No, I did not return it because. Mm. So there you go. Those are our new and noteworthy. We had Crisis Two, which is a classic. I mean, I really implore you, if you like first-person shooters at all, if you like being able, if you like a game that gives you an environment, tells you exactly the place that you need to go, like has like an objective on the HUD, but doesn't explain anything else to you and it's filled with chaos and really good AI and you're able to get through that sequence however the fuck you want you can stealth it you don't have to kill anybody even which is like almost no fun or you can just blow their fucking faces off it's not easy if you do it that way it depends you know it's a toolbox that's the coolest thing about Crisis 2 is it always makes you feel like you are in control of your toolbox. And you are. Like, ah, I'm going, I'm not going to walk, I'm not going to go over there, I'm going to go over here. And I'm going to be invisible, and I'm going to break this guy's neck. Then, I'm going to just walk out in the middle of the road and shoot these two guys in the backs of their heads. I don't give a fuck. Then I'll be invisible again. And then I'll jump and I'll be on a roof. Hmm. And then I'll scope out the fucking scene. I'll I'll identify the fucking backup that they're sending. They don't know that this is all an ambush. Not for me, but for them. This is the type of shit that you do constantly in Crisis 2. And it's magnificent. And it looks fantastic still. So, that brings us to our review this week. Uh, do we even have a... Re- yeah. X- oh, wow, we do have a review. Okay, cool. Based him with it. Ivor, you're fired. Your ship's computer is now ready. Please wait while I initialize systems. In accordance with the laws and regulations regarding the internet within your local jurisdiction, Best Linux Games Podcast now presents you with a dose of clap. Just kidding, motherfuckers. It's review time. Excellent. So yes, welcome to this week's feature, a review of the 2016 uh, reboot of everyone's well, you know, best loved story from childhood, Doom. You know what? Actually, I I wrote a poem about Doom that's in my book, Blue Wizard is About to Die. I'd like to read it to you. This was about the original Doom and Doom 2. Uh, wow. Let's see. Ah, page 31. Here we go. Doom. I would so hate to have been this space marine who, after kissing his wife goodbye, set off on a mission to Phobos. See you later, honey. The fool. The poor fool. So, 2016, which, you know, it doesn't matter to me, it's new to me. Uh, cause you know, it runs great on Proton. So it's like new to all of us. Uh, if you're, if you're a Linux only gamer, like myself, um, the 2016 reboot of doom is everything that you could possibly want. And literally so much more than you could possibly imagine. So 
let's just break down the mechanics first of all because if if you're of a certain if you're not old as fuck I was gonna say if you're not a certain of a certain age like myself but yeah I'm old as fuck so chances are that if you're listening to this you are younger than I am so and if you're younger than I am there's a good chance that you may have missed Doom and Doom 2 these are the two games that really um I mean it's it's arguable but they were the first real first person shooters. I mean there was Wolfenstein before Doom and Doom 2 and granted it wouldn't be until um Dark Forces which is the Star Wars theme- first game in the first person shooter uh Star Wars themed games it wouldn't be until Dark Forces that there would actually be a uh, level on top of level stacked geometry meaning true 3D in terms of level design like you could have a pathway on floor 2 that intersects that it, you know runs above a similar pathway or whatever or intersects you know or would intersect if they were all on the same plane uh a similar pathway on floor 1 that wouldn't come around until dark forces which was years later but really and of course there you know there's I'm not trying to take anything away from quake because Quake taught us how to mod and also really reinforced a, re, really reinforced for some of us um, a love of piracy and also of grappling hooks. But really it all started with Doom and Doom 2. So you know the whole plot. That is the entire premise of the game right there. In the remake, in the reboot, uh, you're not sent off to Phobos, you're sent off directly. Well, you're not actually... I'm not going to tell you anything about the story. Luckily, one of my favorite things about this game is the story almost never in 20 perfect hours of gameplay gets in the way at all or intercedes or slows down or impedes the fucking hellacious, carnage-filled, screen-melting, brain-blowing madness of the uh, action inside of Doom, which is entirely... That is, aesthetically and both aesthetically and design-wise... Uh, by aesthetically, I mean, like, in terms of, um, in terms of, like, an overall aesthetic, not a visual look, but, like, an aesthetic, although I guess that is a visual look. Anyway, it's entirely faithful to both of the original two games. So, here are the major things that differ between the new Doom and the old Doom. New Doom looks like a fucking amusement park of savage, glorious, high definition, 90 frames per second, psychotically, graphically violent, exploding, amazingly detailed, uh, death, carnage, and, uh, post, semi post apocalyptic, uh, semi far-flung, futuristic science fiction, uh, where we're going, we don't need eyes, Event Horizon style, no real horror elements to it. I mean, the game is absolutely disgusting, and you do fight nothing but fucking demons and monsters and zombies, and they will get the drop on you, and they will fuck you up. They will fucking kill you. And when you kill them, you will be just as horrified as when they kill you, uh, most of the time, because the sheer number of, uh, I mean, they spent, they had to have spent so much time on this. The sheer number of animations, because the, the death animations, 
even just shooting like an imp. Um, just killing an imp with like a double barrel shotgun blast to the face instantly kills him. Um, they die different ways every time. This leads us to the second biggest uh, innovation in the game. So whereas in Doom, the focus was just on blow them up, shoot them in the face, explode the barrels, make them explode into graphic uh, pixel uh, 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 pixelated uh, sprite animations, two-dimensional sprite animations of uh, chunky gibbage and blood with no decal remnants at all because they didn't have the technology for it, really. Um, Well, that was the overall ethos. It was hypergraphic for its time. Modern gamers expect a little something more than that. And the weirdest thing is, and this is like a great genius move on the part of uh, id and whoever they got to actually really develop uh, the reboot of Doom. They saw this and they dealt with it not as a problem of um because there are ways you can deal with that that are the wrong ways to deal with that. Like where it was, you know, it was just guns. It was just guns and ammo and your health and your armor were the big problems in Doom. And then the secrets. And then just surviving. Just by blowing the shit out of everyone and everything. Situationally. Um, they saw that and they captured the el- the absolute essence of what it felt like to play Doom and Doom 2 by realizing that it wasn't a problem with level design, nor was it a problem with adjusting characters' health or the amount of power-ups or the number of guns or the uh, you know, pro- uh, the quantity and um, availability of ammo per level or area or whatever. No. They realized that it was a problem of pacing. And that modern gamers would get so bored with if they just remade I mean you know it's a totally different game from Doom it's not like a it's not like that fucking idiotic um a couple years ago someone remade a frame by like a scene by scene shot by shot recreation of Alfred Hitchcock's Psycho which I thought was the stupidest thing I ever heard in my entire life because you're not going to make a better movie so you just made a copy of a movie you fucking idiot um you Hollywood fucking idiot I am generally loath to say that, but anyway, this whole, this game is an entirely different game with entirely different lore. It's structured the same way. It feels the same. The enemies that you see are absolutely gorgeous. Everything in the game is absolutely fucking nine point five out of ten on on the first person shooter beauty meter, and it all runs in the immortal words of Jeff Jeffy Wise, friend of the show, friend of mine. When I bought it for him, he run he he plays it on Windows on a 1050 Ti, um, and I was really nervous that like you know maybe it won't work or whatever. And he texted me at uh, like five o'clock that morning after he got off work. He's like, "Doom runs like hot liquid sex on my machine, man. I'm a stallion, man." Um, but anyway, so they saw this problem because this is a fundamental conceit of the original Doom and Doom Two. There's going to be lots of enemies. You're just going to go... Blah, 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 blah. The biggest decisions that you're going to have to make are, you know, like, where to go trying to find the way that will probably kill you the least, but you know that you're probably going to have to go everywhere, every which way in all possible combinations, ultimately, anyway. 
Um, so you're gonna have to manage your health. Then the next thing is you're gonna have to manage your the amount of ammo you have and the guns that you have. Um, that's not that sophisticated. And so what they did with this game is they saw that as a problem of pacing. So they added a new mechanic. Now, normally when you add a new mechanic to a reboot of a fucking legendary title, I can't imagine the pressure they must have been under, the the team that actually developed and designed um, this reboot of Doom. Because it's like, oh, well, what am I going to do? Repaint the fucking Sistine Chapel? I mean, it's like, you know, no matter what I do, you're going to be fucked. Because there's going to be some people who say that it's not enough like it used to be. And there's going to be other people who say, it's too much like it used to be. We've already played this. This is a fucking rehash. You know, blah, blah, blah. Fancy your graphics. And then there's going to be people who don't like either aspect of it. And then there's going to be people who are just mindlessly devoted to the franchise. So you can't trust them critically either. So that means, like, you can really, you can't even really trust yourself. I mean, you have to have total faith in yourself and the rest of your team and stuff, and you have to whiteboard the fuck out of this and really, really mull it over um, and concept art the fuck out of everything. You know, because you wanted to... You, It's not going to look like Doom, but you want it to look like Doom in, in just like uh, a weird way. It's so strange because as you see, as you encounter all the familiar enemies, if you're as old as I am and remember Doom and Doom 2, you encounter all these old familiar enemies. I'll be seeing you in all the old familiar enemies. Um, it is a nostalgic fucking mega overdose to see them not just recognizable and knowable as who they used to be, but to see them like brought to like the ultimate level of what they were supposed to originally represent. But anyway, like, I mean, first time you see an imp, you're like, the imps are back. Um, And it's amazing. And also, they waited long enough to come out with a reboot of this. After, so, John, uh, John Romero and, and Carmack and everyone from id Software, all those guys um, from back in the day, they, you know, they basically made shitty half-baked sequels. I mean, some of them were shitty, some of them were not so shitty, but generally over the last 10 years, they've been pretty fucking lackluster for, Do- for you know, Doom 3 or Quake 3 or whatever, uh, Quake Arena, all of these, you know, just kind of ca- cashing in on a cash cow with a franchise that's recognizable that just is absolutely degrades the overall memory of what the franchise used to be and how revolutionary it used to be Doom, the reboot of Doom here is the exact opposite it's like they spent fucking five years in a bunker trying to synthesize and modernize and re-perfect Doom and I think they have because the biggest addition to the mechanics um, in the Doom 2016 Doom reboot is the this idea of staggering guys, staggering demons, staggering anything. What this means is that when you shoot something, if you do enough damage to it, it'll flash blue. If you just stand there and watch it flash blue, it'll, you know, like, what do you call it? Um, Teeter on, like, the balls of its feet, or it'll stop right there, and it'll flash blue and kind of look at the ground and look up, you know, kind of freak out or whatever. Um, you just stand there and watch it after about like three seconds, 
it'll flash orange. About a second and a half after that, it'll stop flashing and it will resume attacking you. What this means is that whether they're blue or orange, when any anything that you're fighting does that, you press the F key on your keyboard. This goes into glory kill mode. Glory kills are like melee kills in normal ordinary games, but they are extremely fucked up and they come in so many varieties. I mean, I've logged over 30 hours in this fucking game. I've, I've beaten it. I know the game. At 28, er, at, at 25 hours into the game, after having beaten it, I saw a new glory kill. Now, there are two great things about the glory kills. The first is that they are really, 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 really outrageously, hellishly realistic and extraordinarily graphic. The animation and and uh, effects chops of, of this development team is just, I mean, it's outstanding. I mean, it's out-fucking-standing. The animation and the rigging on these fucking, it's it's amazing. So that's just you know blood gore fest right there, you know. So that's great. But the best thing about them is that they are very fast. So what this means is instead of just like fucking standing on a ledge shooting a bunch of fucking zombies with a Gatling gun until all of them are dead or whatever, um, you know, and you run out of ammo and then you you know blah you know, for like 30 seconds. No. In Doom, you have to be Oscar Mike all the time. You have to be on the move at all times or you will be fucking destroyed. Because um, they hunt. All of the enemies have AI. They hunt. Some of them are smarter than others. Some of them are vastly smarter than others. In fact, they have variants of the individual demons that look and smell and kind of seem just like the normal like imp say, but they do totally different things and they are much more deadly. Um, same thing with the uh, the balloon guy demons. Anyway, what it means to the game in terms of these glory kills being very fast is that you can chain your way. You can kill four fucking zombies in under seven seconds. Maybe under uh, just under ten, I'll say. We said four zombies. And you're breaking their necks. You're ripping off their arms, beating them to death with them, shooting them in the face, then fucking tackling them, pounding their head into the ground until their heads explode. You're grabbing imps by their jaws, upper jaw and lower jaw, and ripping their heads in half. Um, And of course, all of the homage points that one would expect from a highly vaunted series are all present and accounted for in Doom. And they aren't just nostalgia moments. They are like really, really excellent nostalgia moments. For instance, the chainsaw has returned. Only now, instead of the chainsaw being the utilitarian equivalent of punch, it was like the it, in the original games, it was that was your melee, was chainsaw. Now it has very definite fuel requirements and is the ultimate weapon. It it will one hit anything. But the bigger the thing that you're one hitting, the more fuel it'll take. So like it takes like a whole, it takes all your fuel to just saw off the legs of a fucking hell baron, 
wrestle him to the ground, and then cut his head in half with the chainsaw through his mouth. Um, that'll, you know, bam, you're done. But that's one hit, and he's dead. So, that makes, even that innovation makes it extraordinarily interesting. Um, for those of you who are wondering, if you don't want to know anything about the game, I'm not going to tell you anything about the story. I'm not going to tell you anything about the, um, I am going to tell you one thing about the weapons, though. So if you don't want to know, well, fuck it. I won't. All of the weapons from the original are present and accounted for. That is all I will say. All of them, however, now have a, uh, an upgrade system. There are three tiers of upgrade for each weapon, or three or four, with the fourth being one that you have to unlock all the other ones which you don't have to do in order. You can, like, pick and choose from that list per weapon. But once you have all of them, then that unlocks a challenge tier, which is, like, kill 30 guys with this gun under these circumstances kind of things. And that unlocks a super awesome thing for that gun. This is fantastic. Not only does it um, I mean, the game is not grindy at all to begin with. I mean, the game is just fucking taut, fast-paced. It, it's paced exactly like the original Doom. Which is what I told Jeff weeks ago when I first started playing it. I texted him, I'm like, man, it's so amazing because I feel very strongly that if, you know, you dosed me on acid and shanghaied me out of a fucking, you know, New York nightclub or whatever, and I wake up three days later after tripping balls tied to a chair, um but now suddenly sober and completely fucking disoriented and in front of me is a screen and on that screen is someone playing this reboot of Doom with no one saying anything to me and no sound no dialogue, no story just looking at the actual gameplay it would probably take me about 45 seconds before I would spit out you know whatever fucking uh, blood soaked fucking gym sock motherfuckers stuck in my mouth Um, you know, is this Doom? which is really an achievement. So the glory kill thing is not just like a cosmetic thing, it is a very much a gameplay thing. The other major uh, change is that, in, if you recall, in the first two Doom games, you couldn't even fucking jump. Yes, you can jump in this one. And yes, there are um, overhangs, like I was just talking about uh, re- yeah, regarding dark forces and stuff. But... Overall, the game really tries to keep everything on um, on one tier. There's not a lot of crossing over in terms of like, you know, blah. And there's not a lot of profound, um, insane complexity to the maps until certain portions of the game. Um, and I will not ruin those for you. When the game goes fucking insane, it goes absolutely batshit fucking crazy. The challenge is almost perfect. Um, there are some parts, there's some choke points that are really, 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 really brutal. Just as Snail Squatch and, uh, uh, Boldy Lockers about last week when I fucking live streamed for nine hours, drunk and stoned out of my mind, basically stuck on one fucking sequence for nine hours. I was terrible and I wasn't thinking and I was also ranting and stuff, you know, blah, but, um, you will not get stuck for nine hours, unless you're drunk and stoned, and having as much fun as I was. Um, and that was way later in the game. 
The other innovation, so yeah, you can run, you can also duck in this one, but I've never ducked, never found a utility for it yet in the entire game. The other thing is you can actually ledge ledge grab. So you can double jump towards a ledge or a box or a thing, and you'll pull yourself up uh, above it. There's also a um, a grenade system, which is not necessarily grenades. It's a an equipment... Uh, it's like a gadget slot where, you know, you can activate it. You have a limited number of uses. I normally forget to use it, but those range from, you know, just typical frag grenades uh, to my personal favorite, um, a uh, Total Recall style holographic projector of you in 3D that uh, causes enemies to aggro on that instead of you depending on how close you are. Some enemies are smarter than others, too. Um, which buys you some time to really fuck them up. Um, there are also suit upgrades. There's also armor upgrades. Uh, the suit, You know, your marine, your space marine armor, which it's not necessarily what it's called in this in this game. You'll see, you'll know from the intro how different this game is, but how similar in spirit and tone. But, um... And there's also a rune system, and those you can have up to three runes equipped once you unlock all three slots, and once you find the runes. Um, and those give you all sorts of different uh, powers and abilities. Um, some of them are way better than others, and you can upgrade them as well. The game is fantastic. So there you go. That's That's all you need to know about Doom in terms of the main campaign mode. Now, I got like 10 minutes left, so I'm going to tell you everything else. My personal favorite way to play the game, because like I said, it's, oh, sorry about that. Like I said, it's only about, a, it's a perfect 20 hours, uh, the main campaign. It's a, just like Wolfenstein 2, just like Wolfenstein, uh, the New Order, um, a perfect 20 hours. Mas o menos. You might beat it faster, depending on your difficulty level, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So you beat the game and you feel like it was kind of short. But it wasn't really short. It was 20 full hours. But then like you just kind of feel all sad because you didn't expect to beat the game that fast and the game is over. And you killed a lot. I mean, you've killed a lot. But you just kind of felt like you were, what's that? Just getting started? That's right, you were just getting started. Because now, this is fucking rad. Now there's also an arcade mode. Mode. What this mode does is it it takes the exact same levels, chops them up into set arcade sequences, so each level has a start and an end, a definite end. They don't chain together. They go in sequence, you can pick any one of the levels you know that you want. You can set up the difficulty that you want. You can set up your loadout. First thing is that your loadout is maximum upgraded. And second thing is you can't actually pick which guns you want in your loadout. Each level has a, a set number of guns, but all of them are, are all maxed out. You do get to, however, pick the secondary fire for you know the, the special attack that you wish, because there's like two generally available for most guns. Then you get to pick whatever runes you want, and you have all three slots, 
regardless of the progress you've made in the normal game. And you have all the runes. Arcade mode is brilliant because it's a combination of leaderboard, friend chasing, time attack um, gameplay with YOLO gameplay. If you die during, if you die before you get to the end of the level, that's it. Every level has two extra lives hidden in them. But if you don't find the extra lives and you die, that's it. You have to start from the beginning. The goal in arcade mode is it has a, it's totally point focused. It's score focused. The faster you kill and the more glory kills you get and the more stylishly you kill, like Ah, I got you with a direct hit with a rocket while you were jumping in air. That gives you a medal. That increases your score multiplier, which goes up to a maximum of 32. Your score multiplier is constantly draining. It's very time sensitive. It's also expon- It's also very sensitive to exp- uh, to uh, strings of kills. Like It's very easy to go from 8 to 32 with like a well-timed rocket against, you know, five guys or whatever. Um, and then like a glory kill on the side and bam, you're at 32. It also increases with uh, item pickups. So this makes the game like a real frantic, very challenging, extraordinarily fun um, bite-sized simulacrum of what it used to be like to just really play Doom 2 or the original Doom. Um... It's like you would get stuck in an area for, you know, two hours, three hours, or whatever, maybe. Um, at least in Doom Two, you would on the fucking Jesus Christ. The third campaign was ridiculous. So all of that stuff is brought back to you, and it makes you so good at the game. It completely, it's like a separate other game that runs on top of the game. Now, okay, we only have uh, what? Oh fuck, we only have like six, seven minutes left. Okay, so real fast. Multiplayer. I have not gotten to play real multiplayer yet in Doom because the matchmaking seems to work, but it never matches me with anyone. So I guess when I say seems to work, I mean it doesn't freeze or anything like that. But and I don't wait around for like you know an hour or whatever. I literally like longest I've waited I think is forty five seconds because or maybe a minute and a half. Um because I'm generally live streaming and, you know, who wants to watch me wait? So I don't know if that really works on Linux. Um, but I have played against bots, which is built in. And multiplayer is super fast and incredibly hard. Probably because I'm fucking old. I killed the living fuck out of the bots. But they also, re- you know, responded in kind. And uh, the game just felt way too fast. And, you know, it's really cool. Really impressive. Um, the performance, by the way, throughout... Uh, if you have uh, 1050 Ti or better, I'm, as always, I'm recommending that you go with NVIDIA, but, you know, I do understand there are other people out there, poor, misguided, lost souls, doomed individuals who have purchased AMD uh, video cards at one time in their life and maybe perhaps are still struggling silently underneath that burden. Um, Snail Squatch, who runs an AMD 580, could not get Doom to run on Linux. He he was running it on Antergos, I think. So Arch. Um, but anyway, uh, 
performance-wise, it's like liquid hot sex. Um, Jeff Jeff UI's computer, he has a 1050 Ti. He's running it under Windows, but that computer is like an eight-year-old computer. My computer, I'm running it under 1080 Ti, under Mint, under Proton. Uh, it runs just flawlessly. There were problems, not so much in the uh, main campaign mode, but in arcade mode and other game modes, though, where there was like a sync problem that would cause the game to hard crash. But, and while that was frustrating uh, in arcade mode, Steam pushed an update to their actual Steam client last night that they say fixes um, this sync synchronization problem with Doom specifically. Uh, in the in the release notes, so well, I I mean, like I said, that was last night at like nine o'clock last night. So like I haven't I had, I had a busy morning all morning, but anyway, so I can't tell you. Blah, it seems more stable now. For the real star of the show, though. By the way, I I'm well. We'll save that for the end. Um, the real star of Doom actually is not anything that is in the game. It is in something that ships with the game. It is a map editor called Snap Map, which is a fantastic. I mean, it is fantastic. It is. I, I used to. I remember. I got my. I cut my teeth with uh, my f- first experience with fucking dealing with three uh, D with with a uh, CAD and design was in Doomed or Doom Ed. I always called it Doom Ed. Because otherwise it just sounds like you're saying doomed. Um, which was, you know, really hard. Snap map is so easy that within two hours you can start making shit that is really, really cool. Now I'm not gonna walk you through all the great stuff about Snap Map, except that by virtue of the fact that Snap Map shipped with the game two years ago. By virtue of the fact that Snap Map was incredibly popular, and you'll see why. I never Time Splitters had a simpler map editor or creator um, tool that shipped with it for the PS One, uh, I think. But it had such limited uh, capacity for memory because you were limited to your memory card and had to load everything else in RAM, so you could only have like a certain number of elements and a certain number of monsters and blah. Snap Map lets you go fucking berserk. And it lets you go berserk in ways that you didn't even like contemplate. You'll begin to start contemplating them though as you invent them. None of them require coding. If the game were not so graphically horrifically violent, if there was some way to make it less hellaciously graphically violent, I would love to be able to give um, a copy of Doom with Snap Map, specifically for Snap Map, to my five-year-old nephew, so that he can get a fucking. I mean, you want to learn? You want to teach a kid how to learn? You want to teach a kid how to code? Snap Map is how to code, but without any fucking code. It's it is fantastic. It is fantastic. I know how to do this shit for real. So like, it takes a lot to get me at all interested in any sort of in-game editor because like, oh, fuck, you know, I have, I have you know, real shit to work on. Um, but Snap Map is so great that I'm, and I'm not blowing smoke up your ass. It is fantastic. The side effect of Snap Map having shipped with Doom 
two years ago, is that there are thousands and thousands and thousands of player-created maps from players just like yourself. They range across all game modes, all game types. Some of them are hybrids. There are thousands and thousands and thousands of them. To play these maps, all you have to do is click on play. It'll pick one for you. And there are other ways to, you know, sort them and stuff. But you could, my favorite is just to try one out. And uh, it'll pick, you know, whatever, like, the, the creme de la creme of right now is, depending on your search criteria or your filters, actually. And here's the coolest thing. And the things you can do in SnapMap are fucking unbelievable. I mean, really unbelievable. Let me give you I mean, one second. I, I know we're running late, Ivor. I'm sorry. Yeah, you're fired, Ivor. Um, but I got I to gotta mention this. So this morning, I, like while I was waking up, I was fucking around with SnapMap, you know, yawning out the hangover. And I got this idea. I was like, oh, you know what? I think it'd be really cool if in this room, when you pick up this gun, it spawns two of the bubblehead demons, the cocoa demons, caco demons, or whatever the fuck, directly opposite you. But that still sucks. What could we do that would make it more fun? Oh, I know. I know. Let's do that. But let's also make it spawn in two barricade walls in front of you so it turns where you were into a gun emplacement. And then let's also add logic so that if you fall off of that, before killing all of the the caco demons, well, then it spawns a, a hell knight. Otherwise, it doesn't spawn anything. If you kill the you know plot, it stops it. And anon, 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 you can do insanely complicated stuff. Um, two nights ago, uh, the one random map that just jumped into onto my screen. It's great. It's infinite fucking extra doom. It's infinite levels for doom. And you don't even have to make them. Even if you hate fucking you know if like the thought of like point and click rock stupid um, but really robust and full featured ultra simple map editor makes you say makes you want to say but no I I'm not smart enough. Don't worry. Everyone else has already made every fucking level. So check out this level I played yesterday. This guy made the world's first first three D first person shooter interpretation of Bad Dudes versus Dragon Ninja in Doom inside of Snap Map. This included uh, it was phenomenal. It was completely insane, and it was absolutely ridiculously hard. And I quit like after I died the third time. But I was just like, I was like blown away that they did that with Snap Map. No coding required. Absolutely, you can't code in Snap Map. Um, so after you get done playing a map, here's the coolest thing about uh, all of these maps that are out there. And of course, there are featured picks and stuff like that. Like, and you could. Anyway, my favorite thing about this way of jumping you into just like, what's going on? You know, who's made what? Is that when you're done playing a map, you can't go on to the next map without picking from one of three choices on a pop-up menu. First one is Ow! Shit! <laughs> I just, just ran over my own fucking barefoot <laughs> with my 
giant wheeled office chair. That hurt like a son of a bitch. Uh, anyway, the first one is vote, you know, recommend vote up or whatever. Second one is do not recommend vote down. And the third one is report. You have to choose one of those three to continue on with anything else in the game. I'm sure you could just alt F4, but that would be cheating. This means that there's a good solid middle base of generally upvoted maps. This works both ways because this means like you don't have to worry about like uploading your map if it sucks because don't worry if it sucks no one's going to fucking play it. It'll get downloaded like a mug you know blah 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 and it'll be fine which is really cool. Hang on I'm sorry my fucking Christ fucking morning. So this provides at the same time both like a great incentive to at once take you know your your snap map creations really seriously you know once you learn what the fuck you're doing and how to like you know and see what effects are possible but it also means that there's no intimidation factor um which is great and other people will play your maps which is like what we dreamt of when Doom 2 came out that was long before 3D Planet and all that shit so so our final verdict all things considered of Doom 2016 the reboot which is $19.99 by the way um, is that it gets the highest honor that this podcast can confer on any video game that we play that would be worth full price, all price, all day, any day, all times, any time. Fuck the sales. This is a... This is, you know, this is as good as it gets. Um, Unless you really, really absolutely hate first-person shooters specifically. And even if you do, you still need to play this game. Um, You need to play this game. So there you go. That'll do us. That's a wrap for this week. We're finally out on a Friday again. Yay! Returning to normal order. Um, be sure to check out our website, www.bestlinuxgames.com uh, to help us with our uh, quest from last week to uh, get involved with telling Twitch to re-add the uh, word Linux to acceptable um, tags for live streams. You can help us out with that by going to www.bestlinuxgames.com clicking on the link at the top of the screen that says the column, um, and then looking at last week's column. There is no new column this week. Also, please be sure to visit us on our Twitch stream. We, tra- we we stream at least three to four times a day, all different times of day. Any given moment of the day or night, there's a 25% chance, there's a strong 25% chance that I'll be up there live streaming. That would be at twitch.tv slash Skooky Sprite, S-K-O-O-K-I-E-S-P-R-I-T-E. Uh, that's also my Steam handle. Find me on Steam, friend me on Steam. Um, and also, when you're on our Twitch page, underneath uh, the video, uh, the uh, underneath our actual videos, there is a link to our Discord. Um, there's an invite link to our Discord thing. And I'm always on that unless I am recording here, just ask Snail Squatch. I tormented the fuck out of him yesterday. It was great. Um, so join us there. Meet your friends and neighbors. Co-mingle with your cohorts. Yes. Um, 
so again, you can find that on our Twitch page, just on any one of our Twitch pages, uh, either under, you know, like our videos on demand, because we have over 280 if we're not live streaming, then check out something that we have live streamed. Um, but right underneath the video, it says, you know, join us on Discord, and then it has the link. Just copy that and paste it into you into your um, browser, and away we go. Uh, yeah, awesome. Cool. I will see you uh, next week. Uh, cheers. Thank you so much for listening. And now we return you to the uh, Brett Kavanaugh voting. Cheers. Burn everything incriminating, including this building. Burn all the White House pets and then yourselves. Burn yourselves first. Good day, Captain. There is no Windows version of weaponized chess. Boy, this is fucking ponderous, man. Ponderous, fucking ponderous. It only runs on Linux. It's not a problem. You alienated part of America. I alienated crazy people. I like it very much. It is I, E.B. Farnham. You're becoming hysterical. I'm here. I'm there. I'm fucking everywhere. I'm the Eggman. The best Linux games podcast is brought to you by Blue Wizard is about to die. Now available for the first time as an ebook on Amazon.com. To subscribe to the podcast using a Linux-based podcatcher like Podracer, or to see our YouTube gameplay videos, please visit www.bestlinuxgames.com. Also, join our Steam community group, Best Linux Games, Friends Cookie Sprite, and follow him on Twitter at VegasWriter. BLGP is also brought to you by the Radio Control Room Project. For details, please visit www.rcrproject.com or rfihc.com. Zig thanks you. For great justice.